Hey guys, it's me Dami, and you are listening to Moisturize Your Elbows. This podcast is your one-stop shop for all my unsolicited advice and opinions. So sit back, relax, moisturize your elbows, and let's get into it. I was recently talking to a friend about the people we have blocked in our phones. When I first moved to London, I was visiting lots of different churches to find the one I wanted to go to. And I went to this one church and I'm not going to lie, it was a bit weird. But I ignored my instinct and I went a few more times because the people were actually really nice and the church was full of people who were my age and they all lived in the area, and I was new to London, and I just thought it would be a great way to make new friends who just live near me. So I carried on going for a couple more weeks, and over the course of these weeks of attending, I gave my contact details to the church. I eventually got a little bit more weirded out by that church for many reasons, and I stopped going. But fast forward a few months later, and I'm going to a different church, which I still go to now, and I'm still getting multiple messages a day from the pastor of this church. I'm getting calls, voice notes, and videos all the time, even though I pretty clearly told the church I was never coming back again. The messages still kept coming. It got to the point that I actually had to block the pastor's number. And I have never blocked anyone's number before in my life. And now the first number I was blocking was the church's number. There must be some sort of irony in that somewhere. And I felt pretty bad at the time, but it had to be done. But during this conversation with my friend, she casually told me she had 96 blocked numbers on her phone. 96. Can you imagine? And it got me thinking that the people blocked on my phone and on social media. And like I said, I only have that pastor blocked on my phone. And I'm not really sure about on social media. I'm sure there are probably a few people blocked on there. But it also got me thinking... How many people have I blocked in real life? A few episodes ago, I spoke about cancel culture, and this was more in the context of celebrities and public figures. But what about when it comes to friends or family or your employer or your colleagues? Is it okay to cancel that relationship? Can we burn that bridge? Burning bridges is where you end a relationship in such a way that you could probably never go back again if you wanted to in the future. And if you could, it would probably be very difficult to do so. And I've definitely thought about burning my fair share of bridges. And I always like to think about it like a pair of scissors going about snipping that relationship, like snip, snip, bye bye, you're gone. But have I actually cancelled a friendship? Have I burnt any of my relationships? Probably, now that I think about it. And when I think to myself, was this actually the right thing to do? Burning bridges is not usually a great thing to do, but I've been seeing a lot of it lately. I see a lot of people talking on places like Instagram about if people are not bringing value to your life or bringing bad energy to you, you should cut them off. I see this mindset going around a lot. There's a lot of focus on people not contributing to our lives. Whilst this might seem initially like it makes sense, 
But this idea has many issues. First of all, it attempts to define relationships in a transactional way. It focuses on pluses and minuses. Who brings what to the table at any given moment? But relationships cannot be defined mathematically. It's not two plus two equals four. And trying to think about it like that is not always healthy. Also, cutting people off is just not always the right decision. As much as it might feel good to think about quickly disposing someone who's causing us trouble, sometimes a problem originates more with us than with them. In this situation, our problems will not be solved by cutting that person off. And in fact, making that decision will probably actually worsen the situation. Burning a bridge also usually happens as a response to feelings of anger or any other strong emotion. When we are consumed with this feeling of anger, our logic is overridden and we cannot think clearly. So many poor life choices are made in this situation. And I nearly burnt a bridge with one of my sisters many years ago when I sent off a text message that I probably should have kept to myself in the heat of anger. In the moment, I was just so annoyed with her and I sent her a message saying, keep your pointy nose out of my life and never call me again. And thinking back on it, that's just so awful. But I was so angry with her. And in the heat of the moment, it felt so good to say. I'm sure 13-year-old Dami felt pretty pleased with herself in the moment. Telling someone exactly how you feel in the heat of the moment can feel good. But the feeling of regret moments afterwards just isn't worth it. And neither is the awkward feeling you will feel when you eventually have to face that person later on. At least in my experience with my sister, it definitely felt very awkward. So the general advice not to burn bridges is generally pretty good advice. But that being said, I think we generally live in a world where we try to keep things for as long as possible, even when we should not. Sometimes it's okay to end a relationship be it a friendship, professional, romantic, or with family. At some point in our lives, we may actually need to make the choice to sever contact with certain people. For some of us, that might mean burning bridges with our ex-partners or friends. And for others, that might mean cutting off contact with certain family members or even with an employer. This might seem like a mean thing to do, especially if there's a strong emotional bond But the reality is that we have to take care of ourselves as well. Not all bridges are worth saving. Not all relationships should be preserved. And that's okay. There is a saying I often heard growing up that goes, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. I heard it time and time again from many older people when I was growing up my parents aunties uncles they would always say show me your friends and I'll show you who you are and I guess the idea is that who you surround yourself with is kind of a reflection of who you are I guess the idea that of them saying it time and time again was to encourage me to associate with the right kind of people but I always hated hearing this because 
Most of my friends have always been very different to me. I like hanging out with people who are different because it's just a great way of meeting new people. It's more exciting and it's a great way of expanding your horizons. If every friend was just like me, life would be pretty boring. I probably wouldn't like them, but I'm sure that says more about me than about anything else. But there is actually a lot of merit to that saying. Even if your friends are not a reflection of who you are, the people who you surround yourself with can have a direct effect of who you are or who you become or even how you see yourself. There's a famous saying that goes, we are an average of the five people we spend the most time with. And I actually really like this quote because it demonstrates how the people who we surround ourselves with have an impact on who we are so it's important to consider who you share yourself with there are therefore some situations where it's okay and it even may be encouraged that you should burn bridges sometimes we need to embrace the idea of endings when you throw that match when you burn that bridge you force yourself to never turn back I was talking to a friend about modern day dating culture and the rise of ghosting. For those of you who are not familiar with the term ghosting, it's basically when you end a personal relationship with someone by suddenly and without explanation just withdrawing all communication. It's just the act of fading away like a ghost. And ghosting is such a common trait in society today, especially in modern day dating. The concept of literally disappearing from someone's life without explanation is pretty brutal. And there are many reasons why this might be the case. But I think one of the possible reasons why ghosting has become more prevalent in society is that we just don't like to fully let go of things. We love having options and possibilities. Therefore, through ghosting someone, the door is slightly left open and we have the ability to reappear in the future. Rightly or wrongly, we avoid clear endings in romantic situations, generally preferring to keep our options open. I think there is a parallel that can be drawn between this feeling and not wanting to burn a bridge. You might be afraid to burn a bridge because you know it won't be available for you to use in the future. And that's such a valid fear. But sometimes that is the very reason you should burn the bridge. We cannot keep a door open in life without keeping the door open in our minds. And this just weakens any resolve we might have to live the kind of life you actually want to live with the people you want to have in it, having the types of experiences you want to have. So burning a bridge is really important if you might be tempted to use again in the future and you know you shouldn't be using that bridge again in the future and I found myself in this situation before and I remember I had a friend who I've been friends with them for six years and over the course of this period of time in many ways I'd remain the same but I'd also changed a lot And you know, sometimes when you've been friends with someone for a really long time and that person has been present through this whole period, they might not necessarily see how you have grown. 
They still see you through the lens of who you were when you first met them. And it almost feels like you have to say, hold on, let me introduce myself to you again. Let me show you who I am now. I remember feeling like I was investing a lot into this relationship that just wasn't particularly great for me. This person would take weeks, sometimes even months to respond to my messages. They would regularly cancel plans, but every time they would just reappear after like three months of ignoring me and they would be super present and engaged. And just as I would be getting used to the idea of not having them around and I would be okay with that, they would just pop back into my life again. And they would give me just enough for me not to be too mad with them. But the inconsistency was just not great for me. And while this person may have been going through their own issues, it had become a very toxic friendship for me. In this situation, I really felt like I needed to end contact as I felt like their presence in my life was harmful. If you don't burn that bridge on the way out, then in a moment of weakness, it'll be easy for you to go back. When we are discouraged from burning bridges, there's often a lot of talk about you never know what will happen in the future. However, there are situations where you have a pretty good idea of what can happen in the future. And that's exactly what you're trying to avoid or you don't want in your life. In that case, burning the bridge is the desired option. Also, if their presence in your life is in any way dangerous, then that could also be a good example of when you'd want to burn a bridge. For example, if your friend, partner, a family member may be physically or emotionally abusing you or hurting you in any way, while they may apologise, your trust and your confidence in them may have been broken. So this is a great example of a time where it might be necessary to burn a bridge. And lastly, If they are involved in anything illegal or unethical and trying to draw you into that, run. (laughs) Literally run. And that's the best example, I think, of when you should burn a bridge. Anything illegal, immoral, however you might conceptualise that, or unethical, then um, those are great examples of when you can burn a bridge. So there are situations, which I've mentioned some of them and some of them I haven't mentioned, where you might feel you need to burn a bridge. But how should you go about doing this? I think many of the negative associations with the idea of burning bridges is largely relating to the methods in which it's done. I'm not saying you should go about naming and shaming your friends over the internet or getting into shouting matches with your family and saying awful things that you can't take back. Neither am I saying you should go and rant about your place of work on LinkedIn because it's unlikely anything good will come out of that. While there might not be a perfect method of burning a bridge, there are certainly better ways of doing it. I think the first step is to consider your motivations and think about whether it's really the end. It's really important to have a clear vision of what you want and why you want to burn that bridge. Really trust in your own intuition and decision making. When you've established a clear internal commitment to taking an action, then it's easier for you to resolve to manifest that in your real life and you're able to make a more definitive decision. Then I also think you should give a warning. I'm a great believer in giving warnings. I don't mean giving ultimatums or pointing fingers or blame shifting, but clearly communicate how you are feeling. 
I've been in many situations where an issue will arise with a friend, but it's quickly nipped in the bud with a clear warning shot. For example, I have a friend who used to shush me all the time. She would literally put a finger against her lips and shush me. Shh, shh, when I was talking. And this would make my blood boil. Even talking about it now is giving me flashbacks to it and how annoyed I would get every time she would shush me. But before I let it get too far, I clearly told her, I don't like it when you shush me. I find it very disrespectful. Don't ever speak to me like that. Very clearly, no no dancing around, just said how I felt and why I felt that way. After a discussion, the shushing stopped and we are still friends to this day. But I can imagine an alternate situation where it could very easily have gotten very much out of hand and perhaps led to us not being friends to this day. Giving warning through clear communication is just as much for your own benefit as is for the person on the receiving end. You put the ball back in their own court. They can either accept your warning Or they may give a counter, for example, they may give an explanation, which then leads to a conversation. Or they may choose to disregard your warning. Either way, you'll have your answer and a better idea of how to proceed. Sometimes people may not realise what they're doing or how it might be received by you. In my experience, most situations actually end at this point. Then you need to create distance and maintain boundaries. This is particularly useful if your warning shot has been unsuccessful. Create a protective space between yourself and the other person because this gives you time for the initial warning to really sink in for that person. And it also gives you time to really consider how you're feeling about the situation and also see whether you observe changed behaviour. And after all this has been said and done, if you still feel like it's necessary to burn a bridge, it probably won't be easy, but I do have a few thoughts on how it can be a bit more effective. First of all, just be direct and get straight to the point. Remain calm. This is just not the time to be angry. This is the time for you to inform them the decision you have made and then give your reasoning for it. Explain to the person what the main issue was and why it's been causing you so much damage, for example, was their toxic behaviour? If so, call it by its name. Literally tell them what it was. And then briefly tell them how it made you feel. And then state clearly what you're going to do about the situation now and how the future looks for you. For example, do you want no contact? Are you going to leave your job? Do you want to end that relationship? And then finally, close that door, knowing that the bridge isn't there, but with the knowledge and the hope that in the future you'll build better bridges. You, my friend, have burnt that bridge. (laughs) That actually kind of sounds like a TV show. Burn that bridge. But it's true. And I know this probably sounds very scary, and it probably is very scary, but I guess it's necessary sometimes. However, there are also very useful other alternatives you can use instead of burning bridges, which I think are really useful. And my favourite approach is to just redefine the relationship. And I use this all the time. A relationship can mean anything. It can mean family. A relationship can mean friendship. It can mean dating. It can mean being an acquaintance. I have a relationship with my flatmates. I have a relationship with my sisters. I have a relationship with my work colleagues and so on and so forth. 
A relationship is given meaning by the people involved. I have hundreds of relationships, as I'm sure many of you guys do also. All of them are on varying levels and intensities. So when I'm in a situation where I feel like I may need to burn a bridge or I might be just at the beginning stages of a thought in my mind, I will usually just redefine the relationship. When you redefine a relationship, you think about it differently and you give it a new meaning. For example, I have people who used to be my ride or die, inner circle, squad member, best friends. And now for a wide range of reasons, not always even negative reasons, they are now more just like acquaintances. For me, this is a really positive thing. It doesn't mean that that relationship is over. and doesn't mean that we've devalued the memory of how the relationship used to be. It just means that the relationship has changed. Different levels of relationships require different levels of investments and different associated expectations of them. The expectations you have and the nature in which you invest into that friend you speak to pretty much on a daily or a weekly basis and you may share every aspect of your life with that person is very different from the friend you only really speak to on birthdays and Christmas. Not everyone needs to be in your inner circle. So when you're feeling like you might want to burn a bridge, try redefining it instead. Some things that may have been an issue before sometimes stop being an issue in its entirety when the nature of the relationship changes. For example, I've had my fair share of part-time jobs throughout my life before I entered corporate law. And I've worked in Sports Direct, in Next, I've done door-to-door sales, I've worked in a language school, just to name a few. But I remember when I used to work in KFC and I had a really bad experience. My manager treated me terribly and it was just all in all, just awful. I remember having all these thoughts about how good it would feel to just walk in and just throw my KFC badge on the floor and tell the manager how awful she had been to me and just storm out and burn that bridge. I didn't do it, but I've definitely thought about it a lot. But eventually I did hand in my resignation letter politely and I worked my notice period and I collected my £3.67 per hour paycheck and I went about my business. But in doing so, in handing that resignation, in removing myself from the situation, I redefined that relationship. The next time I bumped into my ex-manager, I was no longer afraid or upset by her. She was no longer my manager. She was just another person everything was absolutely fine. I, our relationship was fine because it had been redefined. The act of redefining a relationship can sometimes be in itself very difficult. So I will probably do another podcast in the future just on this topic. But redefining a relationship is a good example of a way you can avoid burning a bridge. And then you can also try letting relationships intentionally grow apart. Relationships are a shared responsibility. I remember always feeling like if I'd gone a long period of time without speaking to a certain person or if I hadn't messaged them in a long time, then I would always just feel really bad about it. And while I do still take accountability for the role I play in this, I know I go through phases where I just become terrible with my phone. But if I'm not talking to a person, if we are not talking, then the other person has a role to play too. They could have reached out to me as well. Relationships are a shared responsibility. It's not just one person's job to maintain it. 
So if you're in a situation where you might want to burn a bridge, you also have a choice. You can actively try to maintain that relationship or you could just let it go its natural course. And if that involves growing apart, then you can decide just to accept that. And I also have my rule of two. It's something I use and it's just a key way I live my life. So it basically goes that I always check in with myself about how I feel about things. So how will I feel about this in two minutes? How will I feel about it in two hours, in two days, in two months, in two years, in 20 years? So that's the rule of two. And so when you are in a situation where you're upset or you're angry or many other emotions you might be feeling, you might be feeling like you want to burn a bridge, think back to the rule of two. How would you feel about this in two minutes, in in two years? And just because you might not care about something in 20 years doesn't mean you have to let it go now, but it's just a good way of putting things into perspective and realising how much of an impact it might actually have on your life and whether it's actually worth it. There's just no sense in escalating a situation in the moment when you're upset. And lastly, bad things sometimes happen and sometimes people aren't always the best, but we don't always have to do something about it. Sometimes you can just chalk it up to experience and let it go. In the movie, He's Just Not That Into You, which is one of my all-time favourites, The character Alex, played by Justin Long, tells the character Gigi somewhat savagely that she is the rule and not the exception. (laughs) And most times in life, that is usually just the case. You are most likely the rule and not the exception. And I think this applies to this situation. The general rule is that you should try not to burn bridges and that connection should be maintained if possible. However, as in the movie, he's just not that into you. There are times, like Gigi, where you will be the exception to the rule. There are times where it might be okay and even advisable to burn bridges. But for all other non-exception moments in life, hopefully some of the alternatives I gave earlier will be useful. So that brings us to the end of this episode of Moisturise Your Elbows. Thank you so much for listening. Next week will be episode 10 and I'm so excited. So don't forget to tune in. Big 10, yes. And I'm sure there'll be lots of reflection, a little bit of oversharing and plenty of unsolicited advice and opinions as usual. But until then, don't forget to moisturise your elbows.